not everything just falls into place. In fact, very rarely does that ever happen. You have to work for it, sometimes really hard. In the words of the one and only Sir Richard Branson, if you opt for a safe life, you will never know what it's like to win. Ain't that the truth? I know it has been in my own career, because when I wanted something, I've had to ask for it. I've had to be vulnerable and confident at the same time and just jump. In fact, the bigger the challenge and perceived risk, the greater the payoff. The same thing is absolutely true in podcasting. As a host, you put yourself, your personal brand, your company's brand on the line every single time you get behind this mic. But vulnerability and risk-taking actually starts long before you ever hit record. For instance, have you ever been listening to a podcast and wondered, how did they get this guest? How in the world could I do that for my show too? Well, lucky for you, that's exactly what we're going to talk about on today's show. Hello, everyone. I'm Lindsay Chepkema, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the B2B podcasting platform, and this is our podcast. In today's episode, we'll be talking with my good friend, Stephanie Cox, the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Lumivate, a platform made for marketers and developers to build progressive web apps. But as you'll hear, she's also a successful podcast host. One thing I love about Stephanie and the reason I asked her to be on the show today is her boldness. She's pretty fearless, which has served her well in her career in sales and marketing, but also in her role as a podcaster. Her willingness to make the ask has won her some pretty incredible guests for her show, which has been a really strong way to build leadership fast. Lucky for us, Stephanie is here today to tell us how she did it and how you can too. Hey, I'm Stephanie Cox. I am the VP of Sales and Marketing at Lumivate, but I also happen to have the great pleasure of being the host of Mobile Matters, which is our weekly podcast on all things mobile. And then we also have a second show called Strong Opinions, which is where I spend about 10 minutes a week giving you one of my strong opinions. <laughs> which I love because um, you and I know each other outside of podcast land and you definitely have strong opinions, which I value I, very much. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that you made a show out of it. So so let's, let's dig into that. Um, tell me where your podcast journey started? What was the very beginning um, of the thought that, hey, I think maybe we should do this? And what did that look like? So I had honestly never even thought about doing a podcast, which I know sounds crazy now thinking about it, but it was about a year ago and I knew podcasting was going on. I'd seen some of them. I'd seen some ones in the B2B marketing space that were big. I'd listened to some of them. I just, I guess, never connected the dots. So that was something that one made sense for me or made sense for my business or even the audience I was targeting, which is kind of ridiculous now thinking back to it. But I had met with someone actually that you introduced me to that was, we were just meaning to get to know each other as another female leader. And at the end of it, I happened to be like, oh, so what do you do? And we started talking about what she did and she happened to run a Share Your Genius, which really helps podcast company, podcasts get off the ground. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about like, like why do you suggest someone has a podcast? And within like two minutes, it was kind of like this light bulb moment, which now looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I didn't think of it before, but it was just like, well, why wouldn't I do this? It's another way to create content that's different. That's highly consumed by a lot of the target audience I go after. 
but it's doing it in a totally different way. And then I started thinking as a startup, what was kind of interesting was, you know, you're constantly looking to grow sales. So you're always trying to figure out ways to get your brand out there. And how do you think about tying it to other big brands? And it made me think back to what a lot of other business leaders have said, which is how do you figure about connecting your brand to other big brands people know? And I was like, well, podcasting might be a really cool way to do that, which is kind of how this all started. So I went from like never considering a podcast to thinking maybe we should do this to deciding to do it in like literally like 24 hours. (laughs) And here we are. After that initial decision to start a podcast, Stephanie enlisted the help of an agency. Because I had absolutely like no idea how to do a podcast. And I say that with complete transparency, like what kind of mic do I need to buy? What kind of software do I need to use? How do I even get it on iTunes? What are the graphic sizes? There's just a lot that goes into it that you don't realize until you get into it that we just didn't know how to do, like how to structure the show. I'm sure if I would have done it without guidance, it would have been a horrible first couple of episodes and then hopefully it would have gotten better. So that was how we thought about it. They really helped us think through like what the show should even be about, what we should call it, how we should structure the show flow, how we should think about structuring interviews. And it's one, it helped us launch. We would honestly would never have been able to launch without it. But I think what it's also helped is it's created this level of professionalism on how I run the show that allows me to work with you know, these really large brands and senior leaders there. And I hear all the time, like, oh, how you run your podcast, like the interview process and the follow-up is so professional. And I'd like to pretend like that's all me. It's really not. It's the (laughs) guidance I got from them, right? I mean, it's a little bit me, but it's because they, they taught me how I should think about doing it, which was really, really helpful. So Stephanie launched the show back in 2018 and since then has interviewed guests from some of her favorite brands and some really huge and impressive companies. I honestly, if I look back and if you would have told me that I was going to have some of these brands on the show, I would have like laughed at you and said, that's real funny. Yeah. Let me know in like four years. Um, (laughs) And it all started with this idea. So we, as a team, we were thinking about the show and thinking about who was on there. We came up with what we call our dream brand list. And it started with like eight brands. And it basically was this idea of like, who is like the get of the get? So a year from now, we're going to consider this was like a huge success if we got, you know, like one or two of these brands on the show. Because that's what, that's honestly how we thought this was going to go. Like, oh, it would be, we get brands on there, but they'd be these like smaller brands. You probably wouldn't have heard of them. Um, Because that seems to be like a lot of, especially like marketing podcasts seem to be these smaller brands that people haven't heard of. It's mm-hmm. not a lot of the huge players, or if it is a huge player, it's like the same person who goes on like 25 shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, there's not a variety to it. Yeah. So, so, okay. So go ahead and name drop. Let's talk about okay, some let's name drop. <laughs> um, AT&T, Allegiant, um, Lowe's, Google, um, HubSpot, Microsoft multiple times, IBM, Crayola, GE, Choice Hotels, Campbell Soup, um, Amazon was pretty awesome. Um, (laughs) So if I think back to when we first started, 
when we were thinking about like who to get on the show initially, one of the things that I have a a really great luxury is I have worked with a lot of amazing digital marketers in my career. So my first list, if you look at probably like the first eight episodes or so, maybe yeah, like first nine episodes of our show is people I personally know, which happen to be digital marketing leaders at some pretty cool brands like Simon Property Group, Aetna, AT&T, right? So I I have a network of some pretty cool people. And I was really strategic about the order in which I launched those episodes because I knew being able to name drop Simon Property Group, AT&T, Aetna would give me some validity when I started reaching out to people I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So I literally probably spent like two hours going through all my LinkedIn connections going, okay, where does everyone I've ever connected with work now? (laughs) And who can I reach out to? So that's how that initial list started. So one of the things, you've kind of already mentioned it, I have like strong opinions. I also can be a little feisty. Sounds like a good name for a show. A little bit, right? (laughs) Um, I also can be a little feisty. So it was like the last day before the holidays at the end of the year. And you have those days like where you go in the office and you feel fine in the morning. And then like halfway through the day, you're like, I think I might be sick. Mm-hmm. So I went home and I was like, I think I have a fever. And you had a fever. Um, but then I also had like a couple other things I needed to get done because we closed for between the um, Christmas and the new year. So I was trying to finish up some podcast outreach. So I have like a 102 degree fever. I'm like sitting in my recliner at home, just working on this outreach. And I was just feeling like, I guess, super feisty or I don't know, fever delusional. And I was <laughs> like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to reach out to Alex Russell at Google and see about getting him on the podcast. Just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm like, I'm just going to send him a DM on Twitter. Like logical Stephanie never would have thought that. <laughs> she would have like, okay, like what's the best way? Let's think of like the exactly what I'm going to say. In this fever stupor, I wrote him like this, like the shortest message on Twitter DM. and was just like, Hey, I have this podcast. You know, we talk about everything with mobile. I'm a huge fan of the work you've done with PWAs. I would love to get you on the show to talk about progressive web apps and like your thoughts on where they've been, where they're going. I just need an hour. Like that's all I said to him. Mm-hmm. And then like two hours later, he responds, he DMs me back and was like, love to. And I'm like, Ex- you're like, wait, and I, what? <laughs> and I like, I'm at home. And by now it's like the evening. And I like see something come across on Twitter and I look and I'm like, holy crap. And my husband's like, what? He's like, are you feeling okay? And I'm like, I need you to read this because like, I, I have a legit fever. And he's <laughs> like some guy wants to be on your podcast. Like I, I was like, no, you don't understand. Like Google wants to, Google just agreed the to be guy. on a podcast, like the guy. And I literally like lost my mind. <laughs> and that was just like, and I'm literally like slacking everyone on the team. Like you guys do not believe like what's happening right now. And that was like the best giffies and bitmojis that happened in that Slack channel afterwards around what do you do when like a dream brand like the dream brand you thought in a year, if you could get comes on your show and it's going to be like episode 11. Over the next few weeks, Stephanie's willingness to make those big asks started to pay off. The show started to earn more listeners fast and the more big names she had on the show, the easier it got to get even more big names from that dream list she created. The next big step 
guest management? Well, it's evolved over time, right? So I think back to like when I started, we really, you know, we started doing guest guides. So coming up with some like high level conversations, but one of the things that quickly changed for me that I had to figure out is when you start talking to really large brands that are publicly traded, PR has to approve the questions before you can have the interview. And so one of the things that kind of flipped is I started including like a sample of topics that I wanted to talk to them about. So it wasn't like this blanket, like, Hey, can I talk to you about like these kind of general topics? It was like, here are like four things I specifically want to talk to you about. And I think you're the only person I can talk to about. And so that's been really helpful in us getting people on the show. But then I try and quickly follow up with like, typically it's like 10 to 12, like in-depth questions of what I want to ask them. And I always tell people, I'm not going to ask them ask them in this order. I'm not going to say it exactly like this. It's going to be a conversation, but this is the type of stuff I want to talk to you about. Like I've done my homework and I could talk to you about a lot of things because I talked to a lot of really smart people, but this is what I care about. And this is what I think my listeners will care about. And so that's been really helpful. And it's made it easy too, because we've had to go through the PR review process with multiple big brands. And it helps they review the show first and then they review the questions that we're going to ask. And so it, we haven't had a time where we've not gotten approved by PR because they're just like, you're so thorough. I'm just, I'm trying to be helpful and make sure that you guys know what to expect. The other thing I always do, and it's less like formal, it's more informal before we get started. I always ask them like, hey, what's the one question that I wish, or one thing that you love to talk about that no one seems to ask you about? which always gets a chuckle and people are like, that's such such a great question, which is interesting because I'm asking them like, what do you like to talk about? And it's like, they never thought of that before. Like what they don't, they love to talk about that no one ever seems to ask them. So that's always brought up like just really interesting things that cause me to dive into different parts of the conversation that I probably never would have guessed. But the other thing I always do is, is there anything that you don't want to talk about? Yeah. That's an important one. Cause I, so many times when I talk to other people, they don't ask me that. And then they say something and I'm like, we could talk about this, but we're going to go into like a 10 minute conversation. That's going to be me talking that no one else is going to want to listen to. On the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you have achieved so much. You've gotten some really big names on the show. You've um, achieved great listenership and you've grown this thing quickly. You've launched a second show. What kind of advice do you have for listeners who are either in it already and looking to improve um, or achieve some of the same uh, successes that you've had or who are thinking about getting into the world of podcasting? That's a great question. I would say if you're thinking about getting into it, the biggest thing that I have found is either you have to be all in or don't do it. So either commit, like I'm going to do a weekly show and I'm going to plan it out and I'm going to put like a decent amount of effort into it or just don't bother because I can't tell you how many shows start and then stop. Like there's probably stats out there on there. I know the ones that I've started listening to like have stopped or they're not consistent. And then I just honestly don't bother with them anymore. Just personally. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's hard. There are weeks like where it's like, I try and do them in, in batches and I always try and be good about that, but it's like really hard sometimes where I'm like, Oh, you know, like I'm doing like real life story. I'm doing an interview tomorrow for the show that might actually be like next week's episode. <laughs> Cause that's like, what makes sense. 
because that's what makes sense. And that's also what happens, which means we might do all the post-production, all the editing, literally on Friday or over the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that's going to, especially when things change timeliness um, of things is really important. So I think either commit to it and do it or don't do it. You can't go into this like, and just test it out and try it. Either you have to believe that this is going to work for you or don't waste your time is mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing because yeah. if what you put in, like you'll get out of it. So if you put in crap time, you're not going to get anything worthwhile. Well, because you can hear it. You can absolutely hear it as a listener if it's something that you're just toying with or trying or halfway doing or semi-committed to. It absolutely comes through. And then you'll be wasting whatever time you do put into it because you won't have any listeners. Exactly. And then if you're already doing it, I, I think the thing that like I've struggled with the most that I think a lot of people struggle with is like just promotion. Like how do I get more people to listen to the show? And so I think finding creative ideas. And so, and maybe I'm different because I'm willing to share a lot with other people because I believe in paying it forward. Like I talked about earlier, but like ask other show hosts, Hey, like I, you know, like I've heard you've had big brands on there. How did you get them? How you have a ton of reviews. How did you get those? Like our whole review process and campaign for that. We went from like less than 10 reviews to almost a hundred in like four weeks. Hmm. And that happened because I talked to someone and said, Hey, you just launched like three months ago. How did you get so many reviews? And I just reached out and asked and they told me, and then I was like, okay, I can't necessarily do exactly what they did, but what if I like took an iteration on it and did that? And that's what we did. And it drove a ton of reviews. So things like that, I think are really helpful. Like don't assume that you have to think through it all yourself. Mm -hmm. Look at other people that are doing this and one, it's hard to, unless they're like in the top listing for categories on iTunes, it's hard to know even like what success their show has, but reach out to other people where you like the content they're creating, or they have the guests on that you, that you like, or they're getting the types of reviews that you care about. Because for me, like you want to rate me five stars. Awesome. I would actually rather you give me a comment and provide mm-hmm. an actual rev- like review than a rating that's helpful to someone else who's considering to listen to my show. Yeah, absolutely. So how, how did you do it? Oh, so <laughs> this is like one of the great hacks, right? So we, it all started, we're like a small internal team at Lumity. We're a startup. So we're like less than 30 people, um, most of which are engineers who are not big fans of like social media in terms of sharing things. Mm-hmm. But, and we had tried like this kind of like convoluted promotion, like, hey, if you rate and review and send us a, you know, a photo of it, we'll send you like a mobile matters mug. And we got like a couple. It didn't really, we did that on social media. We had people promote it. Nothing happened. So then I just said, okay, what if we do a contest like internally and I will give a hundred dollar gift card to whoever drives the most ratings and reviews and like, like, so go promote it to everyone. You know, you can reach out to people that you think would be good listeners. Like people have to actually listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and do it. And I'll give like a $50 gift card to the second person and we'll run it for a couple of weeks. So that's what we did. And I was like absolutely shocked at like how into it everyone got. It became like this big challenge. Like we had like a Google sheet where you could put in like, you know, like, Oh, Hey, I reached out to this person at this company and they did it. This is like what their handle is. Cause you, it's hard with ratings and reviews to track like who it really is. Mm -hmm. And 
then like people stopped putting things in the Google sheet, but we kept getting more ratings and reviews. That's because they didn't want like everyone else in the company to see like who else, how many more they had. Cause it was like this internal competition now of who's going to get this hundred dollar gift card. <laughs> and it was, it was crazy. And it was super simple. Like it cost me $150 and we had a ton of engagement and it drove not just ratings and reviews, but like actual, like if you read them, they're, they're authentic really and they're genuine reviews that are helpful and with the right kind of people. Cause I told everyone like, it can't be like your grandma. Right. I mean, you just have to be real. I mean, cause <laughs> people, real. you know that when you actually are looking at reviews and Apple knows that and all the other reviewers of reviews know that. So that's how we did it. We set a goal of, you know, like our dream goal of how many reviews would be X and like, how do we work towards that? How do we do creative ways of doing it? Because by nature, and I'm so guilty of this. I listen to shows and I never rate or review them, even Mm -hmm. though it says at the end to do it. And I don't do it. And I don't know why. Um, It's not because I don't love the content. Like I'm more likely to go on Twitter and tell you how much I loved your show or a certain episode than I am to rate or review it in the iTunes. Mm -hmm. Just because. Just because no good reason, but right. yeah, but people need to be nudged and asked. I mean, I think that's the theme of the show. Like ask, ask yes. for it, ask for the guest, ask for the review, ask for the rating, ask for the listen, ask. What have the results been for you? What, what have these great guests done for your show? Um, I think a couple of things. I think first, the thing that's been really interesting, which I think, which shocks a lot of people when I say it is I've not had a single client on our show. Hmm. So everyone I talk to isn't a current customer. Have any turned into customers yet? Mm, Hopefully. (laughs) Work on that. Stay tuned. Yes. Stay tuned. But that's been different. So like the show isn't about us. It's not about like what we do. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people that think like, well, I can, you can use the show to turn into sales. And I always tell people like, you can, like, that's not what I'm trying to do. Does occasionally our sales team reach out to people like weeks or a month or so after a show and say like, Hey, I really liked some of the things that you said. I'd love to have a conversation about if we could do something for you. Yeah, that's happened. Um, But what's interesting and cool about it, it's that brand like awareness effect. You see Lumivate and eBay, Lumivate and Amazon, Lumivate and Crayola. Like we're talking to the CMO of MGM Resorts. Like a lot of people see those brands together and it puts us in a different conversation and it elevates us in such a way that you really, it's hard to pay for. The other thing that's been really, really great is people now really see, which I think was the whole purpose, right? We do mobile. My background happens to be in mobile for more than a decade, but they look at us as a company but and me as this really big expert in the space because not only are we talking to other big players in digital and in mobile, but we're also having like really intelligent conversations. And we're talking about some of the latest topics. We're talking about what's coming up that people don't even realize. Like I just had a conversation with someone yesterday and they were talking about 5G and they just were like, well, I thought 5G originally was just, you know, like another marketing ploy. And they're like, but then I listened to your episode and I realized, holy crap, it's not, it's something totally different. 
So that's been, I think, really interesting is how much we've been able to educate people on what's happening in this space that you just don't realize and how much, especially like the web has changed. I can't tell you how many people don't understand how much the web can do today because we just assume it can only do the things it did five years ago and it's totally different. That's it for the show. Thanks to our guest, my friend, Stephanie Cox. To learn more about Stephanie and to see Casted in action with clips of this episode and related content, go to casted.us. Mm-hmm.